Welcome to the Firmly Founded Teen Podcast, where teens get skills they don't teach in schools. I'm your host, Joey Massio. Before we get into today's episode, it's time to read a review. This review comes from Pews115. He says, Favorite podcast. My dad has me listen to this podcast. It was way cooler than I thought it would be. I really enjoyed how interesting and fun it was. Thanks, Pews. I recognize that podcasts are not a teen's go-to form of entertainment. So if you are a parent out there, be like Pews115's dad and share this podcast with your teen or a friend, because that's the only way teens will find it. Another way to help teens and their parents find this podcast is to leave a review on iTunes. After this episode, please head over to iTunes and write a review. I would greatly appreciate it. And now episode nine, improv tips to improve any social situation. The stage is empty, except for Fred. He is standing there looking at something. Whatever it is, he is very interested in it. Fascinated even. Tony walks on stage. He goes to where Fred is and starts looking at the same thing. Just as interested. But he's interested because it's disgusting. Like a car wreck you can't look away from. Isn't it beautiful? Fred asks. It's a tarantula eating a cricket, Tony says. It's gross. Fred smiles. It's nature, bro. Tony almost gags, but can't look away. It should be illegal to have something like that going on at a school. It's like cruelty, or Fred cuts Tony off. Mr. Sardella says, I can keep it. You want that thing in your house? Your brother is going to flip. I know, Fred grins. Hank walks in awkwardly. He sniffles, pushes up his glasses, and says in a squeaky voice, Fred, come on, it's time to go home. I'm going to miss the power range. Ah! What is that? What is it doing and why? Fred looks at his brother. It's coming home with us. What? No! I'm going to need you to sit in the back seat with it and hold the cage so it doesn't slide around. Wouldn't want him to get out. No way! Gross! I'm getting a ride home with Johnny! Hank runs out. Tony watches Hank run, scared. Then he looks at Fred. Are you... This is all about keeping Hank out of your room, isn't it? Fred stares at the cage in wonder. He'll never go in there again. Tony shakes his head. That's cruel. Fred's smile widens. It's nature, bro. That's an example of a typical improv scene. Three actors making up a story on the spot. In improv, nothing is rehearsed or planned out before. But when done well, it's natural, easy, and fun to be in. The same can be said for social situations. They are not planned out ahead of time. Everything that is said is made up on the spot and involves more than one person. Also like improv, social situations have the potential to be awkward, painful to witness, and even more painful to be in. But there were six improv rules that were used in that scene to make it successful. And I'm going to go over each one and explain how, by following it, you can make any social interaction smooth, easy, and interesting. First, there is rule number one in improv. Yes, and. There are two parts to the yes, and rule. First, yes. 
Yes means to accept what the other person puts out there. Don't try to change it and don't deny it. When Fred was looking at something invisible and said, it's beautiful, and Tony labeled it as a tarantula eating a cricket, Fred didn't say, no, it's not, or, well, not that, I meant the thing behind that. He went along with it. In conversations with others, I use yes to go along with what the other person wants to talk about. If they bring up basketball, like the game last night, and I say, yeah, it was great. Hey, did you see the latest Mission Impossible movie? It makes for a bumpy interaction and one people will want to avoid in the future, which could turn into them avoiding you. You're the guy who always talks about whatever you want to talk about and nobody wants to talk to you. So I use the yes part of that rule to remind me to validate what the other person is saying. But the first rule is more than just yes. It's yes and. The and means to add more information. In the scene, Fred said, yes, it's a tarantula and I'm taking it home. They say in improv, information is the lifeblood of a scene. If you want to keep it alive, add more information. Adding more information in social conversations is a great way to keep it alive as well. You can add more information in two ways. First, add what you know, any experiences, factoids, or musings. Second, ask them to add more, which is great if you don't know very much about the topic. Like me, I don't know much about sports. So if someone brought it up, I could ask, who was playing? Which team did people think were going to win? Were there any awesome plays? So... Rule number one is yes and. Rule number two, choose to know. In improv, nothing is there on stage with you. It's empty. And that's great because that means anything can be on stage with you. A dinosaur, a Ferris wheel, a tarantula in a cage. But you have to label it or tell us what it is. In order to do that, you have to choose to know what it is. Choosing to know is crucial for having a scene survive. Choosing to know is also crucial for social situations. By choose to know, I mean choose to know that what you are going to say is the right thing. Many people in social situations are afraid of saying the wrong thing, so they say nothing at all, or they say something and then choose to be unsure uh, if it was the right thing. And they do that fancy stutter step where they try to change it or pretend like they didn't say it. A basketball game last night, huh? Did the Patriots play? I, I mean, did the, the Patriots, you know, like, were they there? Did they participate? Basketball is good. Because even saying the wrong thing can be the right thing. And just choose to know that. A basketball game, huh? Did the Patriots play? Oh, the Patriots is a football team. I do not watch sports, so you'll have to... Talk to me like I'm a child when it comes to this. And if you don't know what to say, choose to know that saying nothing is the right thing for you to say. And own it. Rule number three is someone's gotta lose. The number one mistake I see new improvisers make when they start out is they always try to win. They're in a scene and they get in an argument with someone or someone's trying to steal something from them and they just won't let the other person win. And when both people are doing that, the scene never ends and becomes pretty heated for no reason. Someone's got to lose. It makes everything better. Hank, the little brother character, allowed himself to be the loser. 
he let the world exist where Fred was taking home a tarantula and Hank was going to be grossed out by it. In real conversations, we are often so afraid of becoming the butt of the joke to appear weak or let someone seemingly get the upper hand that we fight it. And that can just make it worse than if you just played the part of the loser. I do it all the time. Someone says, what, are you afraid of the dark? And I say, yep, it terrifies me. And my therapist would appreciate it if you didn't bring it up. Or, dude, the Superman movies are horrible. I just say, and I love them anyways. Isn't that weird? Sometimes the best way to be the winner is to choose to be the loser. Rule number four, make the other person look good. A lot of people think improv is all about making yourself the star. It's not. It's about helping the other people up there with you shine. When you're thinking about making yourself look good, you usually do your worst. People can sense it and it turns everyone off. It's the same with social situations. If you're only there in the conversation to make yourself look good, people can tell, and it's real annoying. But if you focus on helping out the other people, making them look good, setting up their stories, laughing at their jokes, you'll have a less stressful time and come across as a better conversationalist than if you were just focusing on yourself. Rule number five, first, second, and third on. In a three-person improv scene, you can't have all three people on stage talking the whole time. It gets messy. It's harder to keep a storyline going. There needs to be what I call the first on, second on, and third on. Notice Fred started on. He was first. He set the stage. Then Tony joined as the second on. He added more information. Lastly, Hank joined as the third on. He wasn't on for very long, but he made that scene. And chances are, he would be the one audience members remember the most. In real conversations, you may look at being the third on as a bad thing. The awkward one standing there, not contributing very much. <laughs> but they are the ones listening to what's going on most intently. They know the right moment to come in and add to what's going on. Not to hijack it, steal the attention, or try to take it to a different place entirely. They are there to apply rule number four, make the other people look good. If you find yourself in that role, accept it. I find that the role of third on isn't permanent and doesn't always last a whole conversation. The roles rotate. And if you find yourself consistently the third person on with a group of people and you don't like it, Go play with a different group of people. Rule number six, end with a button. In improv, a button is a great place to end a scene. Because remember, no one knows when it's going to be over. Not even the actors. A button signals to everyone that this scene is now done. The callback button Fred gave was perfect. That's nature, bro. It was a great place to end the scene. It could have kept going, sure, but it didn't have to, and probably was better that it didn't. Buttons can be jokes, callbacks, or a different way of saying, the end, like, well, we're dead, or that's the last time I listened to you. Ending a conversation in real life can be hard to do, but use a nice button, and it makes it a lot easier. Good buttons are usually relevant to what the conversation was just about. Ending a conversation about bananas by saying, 
well, I got to go, can be awkward. Like the other person's thinking, how long were they thinking about leaving this conversation? Were they even listening to my story about bananas? It's not my favorite way to do it. As I see it, good real life buttons fall into three categories, funny, a compliment, or an action item. Funny would be something like, I love bananas a bunch. Get it? (laughs) A bunch? Anyway, see you, man. A good joke, not like that one, (laughs) is my favorite place to end a conversation. A compliment can be something like, it was so nice talking to you, or that was a great banana story. Thanks so much for telling it. My wife is really good at those buttons. An action item is something like, that's it. I need more bananas in my diet. I'm going to go eat one right now. Thanks. Those are the six rules of improv that I use to improve any social situation. Yes and, choose to know, someone's got to lose, make the other person look good, first, second, and third on, and end with a button. Knowing the rules is key, but just like improv, you should master them before you start choosing to break them. I'm Joey Massio, and this has been the Firmly Founded Team. If you enjoyed this podcast, then I've got some great news for you. I have started a brand new program called Crucial Life Skills for Teens. Schools only teach half of the skills necessary to succeed in life, but there are crucial skills needed to ace the real world that are never covered in school. Head over to firmlyfounded.com slash crucial skills for more information and to find out when the next class will open.